Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to the Believe in UConn Women's Basketball Podcast. Like always, it is I, your host, Jacob DeLawrence, and I'm coming to you with a special episode today because if you just happen to look at the calendar and you're like, oh, today's Thursday, January 23rd, what, what, what's today? Today feels like there should be something important or something special going on. Oh, I know what it is. It's the rebirth of, the, of a rivalry. Actually, I'm sorry. Let me go with my initial thought on that. It's the rebirth of the rivalry in women's college hoops. That's right. Connecticut, Tennessee. The drought is over. 13 years. The rivalry is restarted tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. It is a tip on national television and primetime on ESPN. Should be a great game. And I thought to myself, man, it's been 13 years since Connecticut and Tennessee have played. I've made mention of this before that a lot of players on the team, they were in like kindergarten, first grade, maybe second. So they don't really, like they know like the history, but they don't really have any memories more or less about Connecticut, Tennessee. So I was like, you know what? In women's college basketball from 2007 when the Huskies last played the Volunteers up until now, it's grown in popularity. There's less they should be in the kitchen jokes, and there's more taking these women serious as a whole, as athletes. And I hate to break it to you, but they're top-of-the-line women, and they're top-of-the-line athletes. And if you walk into a gym, I'm willing to bet money that a lot of D1 women hoops players could probably be about 80% of the male population that would be in the gym on a random Tuesday afternoon playing a pickup game. Don't get mad at me. I'm just a messenger and I'm just stating facts. So I thought, all right, cool. Let's go ahead and just take a little look at this rivalry. So this is what this episode is going to be about. I'm going to give you two episodes today before the game. I'm going to go ahead and break down the rivalry, the early stages in this episode. Also talk about some recent comments made by Gino in regards to the rivalry. And I'll maybe I'll go ahead and touch on the issue surrounding Westbrook, who transferred from Tennessee to Connecticut, and her ineligibility that the NCAA decided, yeah, nope, you can't play, and how Gino felt about that more so, what led to Gino making a few comments about Philip Fulmer and Tennessee's program and their athletic department as a whole. So we might touch on that. We might not. We'll see how it goes. But like I said, this episode is going to primarily focus on the early years of the rivalry, from the first game up into the early 2000s. So let's say right about 2001, 2002. I'll come back with another episode a little later on today, and I'll give you the last five years of the rivalry and what exactly led to the end of the rivalry. But, of course, before I do that, like always, we're just going to go ahead and remind you guys that, hey, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Like, share, subscribe. Go ahead and leave a five-star review. Leave a comment in the comment section if you want something more. If you want more episodes like this where I'm tackling a single issue, I'm not necessarily breaking down the game and going into detail, let me know. I keep trying to tell you. This is a listener-based podcast. 
you, the listener, I want to make this as enjoyable for you and as much of a podcast that caters to what you want as possible. So if you want more stuff like this, let me know. If you don't want to leave it in the comment section, go ahead, use the hashtag BelieveUConn on Twitter. That's hashtag B-L-E-A-V-U-C-O-N-N. I'll check it on a regular basis. I'll get your questions, your comments, your feedback, and I'll bring it right back to you here on the show. We're going to talk about it. I'll explain it. I'll give you some more of what you want, if possible. If you want some guests on here, let me know. I will do my best, along with the guys at Believe, to get you the people that you want to see on this show, if it's possible. If not, I'm still going to pull up, shoot my shot, and try, because the worst thing they can say is no, or they just don't have the time. So, hey, let me know. Hashtag Believe UConn. Now, before we get into this episode, I just want to let everybody know that Believe is the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? And we say we're number one because nobody does it like we do it. We're 190 shows deep right now. We are constantly growing. We'll hit 200 shows by the end of February, if not sooner. And we have a little bit of everything for you. So, like I always say, let's go to Believe.com. Let's click on that shows tab. There's 16 pages of podcast episodes. 16. So let's just look at page 16, fittingly enough. And we'll look at, oh, this is an interesting show, Millennial Nostalgia. Believe in Millennial Nostalgia. It's an upcoming show to the network. Oh, man, this one hits me like right in the feelings. I'm looking at the cover art for the show. You got a VHS tape. You got a Game Boy. You got a Pokemon. You got a CD. And I remember being in high school and middle school and risking basically the version of computer aids, like in all kinds of viruses, everything, just to be able to download a couple songs off of LimeWire to burn a CD for somebody, for myself. Everybody did it. It is what it is. Pretty sure the statute of limitations have passed at this point anyway. So that's going to be a great show. I'm really looking forward to it just based upon the cover art. And let's see here. Let's go to page eight to see what we got. Oh, we got Believe on the One Venture Soul interviews. Nice little soul podcast. You got the debut episode. I'm sorry, you got the teaser episode with Tom D'Antoni. Uh, now, episode one should be coming soon. This is described as soul music, funk, R&B, and blues. The real thing in conversation with the people who created it. I have a feeling I'm going to thoroughly enjoy this podcast. I grew up in a house where my mother and my dad, all they played were those records from the 60s, the 70s, the 50s. That Motown, that Stax records. That's what I grew up on. So this has my attention. I am highly interested in that. I can't wait. And I know a lot of you listeners out there grew up on that. Or maybe you just enjoy that kind of music. Not necessarily something you grew up on, but you heard it one day. You're like, man, I really enjoy this. It's like great house cleaning music or just great music to relax to. So there you go. That's a nice little podcast for you to listen to. And speaking of things that you want to be interested in and listen to and kind of relax, the things that are current, I'm watching the Spurs and the Pelicans play as I record this episode for you guys. And that brings me to Zion Williams. It made his long-awaited debut today. Everybody thought he would be back a little sooner, but nope, a little later. It took him three months. Pelicans, I think, played it smart and decided not to rush it. And if you really want more insight into what took Zion so long to debut for the Pelicans, go ahead and check out the Believe in Pelicans podcast.
right here on the pod, right here on the Believe Podcast Network. That's right. We got a show dedicated to the New Orleans Pelicans. It's coming soon. Elliot Clo will be your host. I promise you, going to break down and give you everything related to the Pelicans. What's the ceiling for this young core? Brandon Ingram. Well, excuse me, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Zion Williamson, and the leader Drew Holiday. What, what's the ceiling? Is Alvin Gentry the right coach? Who knows? The Believe in New Orleans Pelicans podcast will break all that down for you, for all you Pelicans fans, or all you fans of Zion, because the man is a gift. He's a special generational talent. So why not go ahead and just check that out, get a little more insight. Who knows? Maybe you'll see somebody like Zion, or maybe you'll get somebody from the Pelicans to show up in the offseason. You never know. Anything's possible here. All you got to do is believe. So now that we got all that housekeeping out of the way, all the good stuff, much love to all the other shows on Believe. Who knows? You might catch me on somebody else's show. And speaking of myself, I just want to go ahead and take the second to make a quick announcement. Believe has been kind enough to give me another show on the network. I would like to present to you all the Believe in NXT podcast for all you pro wrestling fans, all you fans of WWE. That's right. Believe has a podcast dedicated to the NXT brand. It is hosted by myself along with my co-host, my co-host and partner, Cedric Welton. We'll be coming to you every single week, breaking down that week's episode of NXT. We'll give you analysis, what they're doing, what they should be doing, who's likely to return, where they could possibly go, what went wrong. So, hey, if you're a fan of wrestling, go ahead, go to Believe.com, click on Shows, put NXT in the search bar, it'll pop right up for you. We got a nice little teaser episode for you. Episode 1 is coming soon, so thank you for go ahead taking the time out. Like always, once that all gets up and running, like, share, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. And now, to what we all came here for today, Connecticut, Tennessee. It is arguably... The greatest rivalry in women's sports. Period. It doesn't matter what the women's sport is. The only rivalry that remotely compares is the U.S. women's soccer team fighting for the equal rights and their fair pay and everything else. That's the only rivalry that is in comparison to Tennessee. And that rivalry is clearly more important than Tennessee and Connecticut because for a program like the women's national team, that's that dominant. They should be paid on par to equal the men's pay when the men's team has severely underperformed over the course of history. But that is a different story for a different podcast at a different date and time. Connecticut, Tennessee. This is a rivalry that dates back to 1995. So, in a sense, it's not that old of a rivalry. It was only 12 years deep before it got cut short. Think about 95, 2007. 23 years ago is when it started. Now we're here. 1995 was the first one. This was a premier matchup. At the time, Connecticut was number two in the country. Tennessee was number one. Lady Huskies would win that game by 11. And it made an interesting um, impression on the world that, hey, Connecticut is here. They arrived. They are a legit team now. They're a legit national program because up until this point, for the most part, Tennessee and a few other programs, that was it. They were the blue bloods of college basketball for women. They dominated. So like I said, that's a statement game for Connecticut in the first matchup. 
Next matchup, same year, April, Tennessee. It's number three at that point. Connecticut's number one. UConn knocks off Tennessee. It was a Final Four matchup, if I'm not mistaken. Hey, there we go. We fast forward to January 1996. Connecticut, Tennessee, another top five matchup. Lady Huskies win. They win the matchup there. However, in the end, Tennessee ended up winning the national title that year, which brings me <laughs> to the, a matchup in the Final Four. Is Connecticut, Tennessee. They were both number one seeds. It was the semifinals. Tennessee, they avenged their loss that year earlier. and They knock off Connecticut 88 to 83 in overtime. We jumped to 1997 in January. Connecticut's number one in the time. Tennessee's number eight. Lady Huskies throttle Tennessee 72 to 57. So as you can see, for the most part, this rivalry in the early stages, the first five matchups, were all close, tightly contested games. You have this one blowout game in 97. Then we get into March of 1997. Tennessee on their way to their third straight national championship. They get their win back, knock off Connecticut, 91-81. to All right, whatever, that's cool. Fast forward, January 1998. Tennessee gets a nice little blowout victory back. Tennessee 84, Connecticut 69. At that point, Tennessee was in the midst of a 20-plus game win streak. They went undefeated that year, got their third consecutive national title, jumped to January of 1999. Another Tennessee victory, 92 for Tennessee, 81 for Connecticut. Another 1-2 matchup. Connecticut was number one at the time. Shamika Holesclaw dropped 25 on the late Huskies. It, I mean, hey, it happens. 2000. Connecticut 74, Tennessee 67. Again, another number one, number two matchup. That was Sue Bird's debut in the rivalry. She dropped 25 on the Lady Vols. Lady Vols shot a 34% from the field. It was a very abysmal game for them. And then we come right back a month later. This is when Connecticut and Tennessee played home and home in the same season. So it was a very interesting time because it's like, all right, we go down to your house. We just beat you by 15. That's cool. Now you get to see me in two weeks. Let's see if you can protect your house. Turns out Connecticut couldn't. Tennessee stole one, 72 to 71. Uh, Samika Randall hit a game-winning shot with four seconds left. I vaguely remember this as a kid. I remember my dad being upset because at that point, it seemed like Connecticut had it. They just had to hold Tennessee. and They were playing solid defense, and Randall just hit a nice clutch jumper. Four seconds left, still had time to win it, couldn't win it, and that's all right. And then we fast forward to April of 2000. Tennessee, Connecticut, third time in one year. That is a lot of times to see an opponent in one year. And on top of that is the third time in four months. You saw them the first part of January, the first time of February. Now you're seeing them in the national title game in April. Connecticut throttles Tennessee to win the season series two games to one. Final score 71 to 52. I mean, that one, that's one that really matters because, hey, 
We beat you in the national championship game. Matter of fact, Connecticut is 4-0 against Tennessee in the national title game. And when it comes to Connecticut and Tennessee in the tournament, the Lady Huskies are 5-2 in tournament matchups. And these teams aren't meeting before the Elite Eight at the absolute earliest. So you got to think these teams are getting well deep into the tournament, and then they're running into each other often after having seen each other twice already that year. So there we go. That's Connecticut 2000. And then we get, we fast forward to the next season. We get a December matchup between the Huskies and the Lady Vols, which is very rare because, again, for the most part, this series, their matchups has always taken place in January. Women's college basketball has this weird thing where even though you're in conference play, you still get the occasional out-of-conference matchup between teams, which is a marquee matchup. Whereas on the mid-side, you get all those in the very beginning of the season. And then once you get a conference play, you're essentially stuck in the conference play. So in December of 2000, Connecticut 81 to the C76. Again, another 1-2 matchup. And that is the bulk of this. At this point, Connecticut has 1, 2, 3, 3, <laughs> Four, five, six, seven wins over Tennessee. And Tennessee, this is a thing for Tennessee, actually, in this series. If you look at it, Tennessee manages to win one game and then win two more behind it. Like, they win in little streaks. Connecticut will beat you, maybe drop one or two to you, and then beat you couple times. It's not really streaks with Connecticut in this rivalry for the most part. That is until you get into about the mid-2000s, which, like I said, I'm going to break that down in another episode because this becomes the era of Super Thana Tarazi. That era, which is really, if you ask a lot of people, when the rivalry peaked and was at its highest because of the level of competition on both sides. If you ask me, I feel like the rivalry was getting right to its highest, right when it ended, which hurt it so bad. It caused a lot of fans to be like, why? This was just reaching its apex. This was just getting good. But as a whole, Connecticut leads this series 13-9. to Currently, the Lady Huskies are on a three-game losing streak to Tennessee, as weird as that sounds. For teams that haven't played in 13 years, Connecticut is down most recently with three straight losses to Tennessee. It was a one-point loss, a nine-point loss, and a six-point loss. So, relatively close games. But yeah, it's uh, it's been something. So, for those that don't know, the draw between Connecticut and Tennessee and the rivalry wasn't just the play on the court and the players and the fact that Tennessee and Connecticut were fighting for the same players and recruits. It was the, uh, what's the best way to put this? The dysfunctional relationship between the head coaches, Gino Ariema and the late great Pat Summit. If you ask anybody that was around for those games, those two weren't the best of friends, and that's putting it mildly. And it 
it had an effect on the rivalry. It's a large part of why the rivalry ended. If you ask a lot of people around it, they'll say that the recruitment of Maya Moore and some of the things between Pat and Gino had reached such a point where Pat decided, you know what? I'm done with this. I don't want to see Gino. I don't want to see Connecticut. I have no respect for Connecticut. I'm just going to put a stop to this. And that is essentially how you end a rivalry that was reaching its apex. Like 13 years in, things are getting real feisty and competitive. And then it just becomes too much of a disdain or a distrust, dislike for each other. Where it's like, you know what? I'm done. Contracts are up. Hey, you know what? Forget it. I don't care for you guys. You don't really care for me. There's no need for us to play. There's no need for us to even act like we like each other to play. Whatever. Bye. We're done. And that is what ended the rivalry. And like I said, I'm going to get into that a little bit more on the second episode. I'm going to give you because I want to really just focus on the end of the rivalry, like the last few years of it, and a preview of tonight in that second episode. So we'll talk about that. And I mentioned that I was going to make mention of the comments that Gino made recently about the rivalry. And essentially, Gino said, quote, it's no longer what it used to be, close quote. And when you hear that at first, you're like, really? Like, you, sir, were the main cause of this. You were a large chunk of the gasoline that was poured on this fire that made this what it was, was Gino Ariama. So for you to come out and say, uh, you know, it really just ain't what it used to be, it caught a lot of people by surprise. But if you look at the whole entire quote that he said, it makes a lot more sense in the grand scheme of things. And he said, quote, 13 years is a long time. A lot's happened. A lot of these players, now we're in first grade, I don't think they were paying too much attention to the world of women's college basketball. And by the time they did get to 8th, ninth, 10th grade, it was all gone. It was history. There were other series, other schools, other coaches, other players they became familiar with. Everybody would love for it to be what it was, but it's not. It's nostalgic. Times have changed. It's a great game on the schedule. Is it what it used to be? No. Will it ever be? No. As much as their fans are our fans want it to be, it won't be, close quote. And that is a very poignant, concise, honest quote from Gino. There's very little emotion. There's very little rivalry talk. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, man, forget them teams. Man, forget them in Tennessee, man. Nah, whatever. We don't care about them. It ain't what it used to be because we're better. It, was, it wasn't any of that. It was just Gino being honest that if you think about it, for a lot of people and a lot of the younger fans, this is their first taste of it. Sure, you may have had an older brother, older sister, cousin, mom, dad, whatever, that told you about it, that watched it. You may have been five or six, like some of the women on these teams, when it ended at the end of the rivalry. So you might have a vague memory of it. But for people like me and the older group, we lived through the bulk of it, if not all of it, to a point where we can remember it vividly. So for us, Tennessee, Connecticut, ooh, yeah, buddy. We finna get a good one today. Gino finna come out in a suit jacket. Yeah, you know, it's not the same, like Gino said. Gino is still on the sideline for Connecticut. However, Pat Summit is no longer on Tennessee's sideline. She passed away in 2016 for early onset dementia of the Alzheimer's type. Holly Warlick took over for Pat. And Gino has traded a few shots at Holly's direction over the past couple years. Holly's traded a few her way. However, Holly Warlick is no longer there. Now Kelly Harper, another former Lady Vols, 
who played in the series and the rivalry is now at the home. I'm sorry, it's now at the head of things. So it's going to be interesting. And an interesting fact about Coach Harper is the fact that she went four and one as a player against Connecticut. So there's no Pat. There's no fiery of Geno Pat. Yeah, we're finally getting back. Like, all right, that's not there. But however, Coach Harper coming in and having a four and one record against the Huskies as a player. That adds a new level and its own wrinkle to things. So if you think there's not going to be fireworks, I promise you there's going to be fireworks. And it's going to be a very solid game. I expect it to be a physical game, a tightly contested, hostile game. It's going to be one of those games where if you ever go watch basketball, say high school basketball in person, and you just forget about the score, and you just get sucked into the atmosphere, and you're just like, oh, man, they're going back and forth. This is a tightly contested game. They really don't like each other. They're out here playing hard. And then you stop and look up and look at the scoreboard, and you're like, wait, one team's down by 20? Hold on. This this don't feel like a game where somebody's losing by 20. But they are. This is what this game has the potential to be where it will have that atmosphere, but you may look up and realize Connecticut's up 20 on Tennessee, and it's like, whoa, when did that happen? Because I didn't see it coming. But hey, should be good. And an interesting little trinket to this is Crystal Dangerfield, the senior guard for the Lady Husky. She's from Tennessee, and she remembers a little bit about it growing up because she grew up in Tennessee. And she's like, yeah, I caught a little bit of flack when I committed to Tennessee. I'm sorry, when I committed to Connecticut, because a lot of people thought I was going to stay at home and commit to Tennessee. She said that she was warming up for a game back in high school. And she had some grown men sitting on the front row, just yapping at her like, how could you? Why are you such a traitor to your home? Why would you dare go up north and dare go to Gina? So she's like, hey, it still lived on. it still lives on. It's never stopped being a rivalry even though the two teams haven't played and that is true this may be more of a rivalry that fans have kept alive and the fans have fond memories of but something tells me that at about 705 707 when that ball is thrown in the air for the opening tip all of the feelings the thoughts the comments the snide shots from both sides in the past 13 years They're all going to come rushing back in, and it's going to feel like Tennessee and Connecticut never missed a beat, and that is a magical feeling. And also, this is just great for women's college basketball in general because, like I said, this sport has grown since Connecticut and Tennessee have stopped playing. But to see the two heavyweights come back and play each other, especially with all the eyes and the attention that is on the women's game now, that can only help but grow up. Just think about it. 13 years ago, Kobe Bryant was still in the league. His daughters were still young, if even born. Now look at it. Kobe Bryant retired, coaches an AAU team with his daughter. And that is one of the best women's AAU teams in the country. So that's Kobe bringing awareness to women's basketball. And now Kobe has his daughter, so she's looking at this because folks are saying that her that his daughter could be as good as he is. So you're looking like, all right, that's Kobe Bryant bringing a whole new set of eyes to things. Then you have people like Shea Serrano who have gotten into women's college hoops over the years. They're following. You're bringing more eyes. It's just more people that are becoming more aware. 
the WNBA as a league has grown and has become a very respected league in the grand scheme of things. And they've recently completed their CBA negotiations, which, thank God, finally made things right for the women, fixed the maximum salary up to half a million, gave paid maternity leave, basic rights that they should have as players and as women. So you see all these changes, just society as a whole has become more aware. This is the perfect storm for Connecticut and Tennessee to come back and play each other outside of basketball. Because if you ignore the basketball aspect, it does so much for women's sports and women's perception in sports in general that this is only a good thing and it's only going to get better the more Tennessee and Connecticut play each other. Because the ideal scenario is Connecticut-Tennessee play tonight. You get to a tightly contested game. Personally, Huskies find a way to win it. But however, whatever happens, if it ends on a buzzer beater, if it ends with a missed shot, if it's a one-point victory or a 15-point victory, if you get to a game that feels like this rivalry is back, nice physical one that harkens back to the 1990s, where you're like, ooh, man, these girls are... They come to play today. So if you get to a game with that feel, and then you go on to March Madness, and you somehow end up, depending upon how the brackets shake out, with like a Connecticut-Tennessee matchup in the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, or heaven forbid if there's a way that both teams make it to the national title game, and you get Connecticut-Tennessee, it is only good business for all parties that are involved. Connecticut wins. Tennessee wins. NCAA, ugh, unfortunately, they win. Women's sports wins. Women's basketball wins. ESPN wins because now you can really turn up the hype train. You get your promo packages, and you're like, all right, here we go. Thought what we did was special for the first time in 13 years between Connecticut and Tennessee. Look what we can roll out for the uh, national title game. So, there's a lot at stake here. It's just a great time to be a fan of women's basketball, be a fan of UConn, be a fan of Tennessee. I don't know why you would be that, but be a fan of Tennessee. It's perfect. It's a perfect storm. The game is tonight, 7 p.m. in Hartford. Tennessee comes on up our way on ESPN. Regular ESPN, not ESPN2, not ESPNU, not any ESPN3, not any ESPN College Extra, none of that. Marquee primetime on the big stage, ESPN. ESPN is pulling out the heavy hitters for this game. It's going to be a great game regardless. And if you ask me, I see the Lady Huskies coming out with a W. I'm going to break that down a little bit more in the second episode that I'm going to give you guys today. I'm going to finish up the history of the rivalry, and I'm going to go ahead and give a little preview, a couple keys to victory for that. And until I see you later today, or, well, until you hear me later today, Go ahead and make sure you follow me on Twitter at underscore jdella. Give Believe a follow as well at Believe Podcast. Until next time, we're UConn. You're not. Sorry, not sorry. In Gino, we trust. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.